Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. So good to have people in the building. Yeah. So good. Oh. It's the beginning of opening the doors again. So we're so grateful for that. We've been having fun over the last number of weeks doing um, the live stream. Oh, but guys, can I just say there is nothing like corporate worship. There is yeah. nothing like it. Amen. I, I looked around um, a couple of times during worship and just saw your faces and some of you are like looking around, but m- most were like, <laughs> you know, because it's different, isn't it? Like it's very different, but most of you were just like just switched on in the presence of God. And I said to Kylie, check that out. Isn't that amazing? And that just does something for us. You know, and like personally, we just went, wow, people are connecting with God, which is the whole reason that we be the church, yeah. is to have that connection with God. But um, if, if that makes me happy, how much does it make God happy? Mm. You know, really, like it's not about singing songs. It's about connecting with the Spirit of God. Yeah. And um, we've been talking about that. We've been really focused and being very much aware of that's our primary purpose on this planet is to connect with the Spirit of God. It's not to just endure hardships, even though enduring hardships, we're meant to count it as all joy, so that it produces perseverance in our life. We've just been through a time where, um, you know, it's been a hardship. Has anyone found it easy? Put your hand down. Um, <laughs> show off. None of us have found this time easy. Some of us have even had a really tough time of it, more than what others have. Some, have, some people have commented and said, no, I've, I haven't really noticed much difference. You know, there's been a bit of a change in the way that I've had to behave and do things. But I, I, I tell you now, like, this produces an enlargement in our life. If we do this the right way, if we respond the right way, if we respond with a heart of gratitude, and a heart of thankfulness to God that regardless of what's going on, we are thankful that God's still in charge. Because it's not a government that's in charge. It's not, a, it's not a virus that's in charge. You might feel like it's having its way. It's not. God is having his way in the earth at the moment. And if you're not seeing that, I pray that the, the eyes of your heart be open. I pray that the eyes of your heart and the eyes of your spirit will be open to what God is actually doing. Because that's my continual prayer. I'm one of those people that can look at situations and circumstances and go, but I just want to know what God's doing. I want to know what God's doing because he makes all things work together for good. So if you're not experiencing good at the moment, it's because God hasn't finished yet. If you're not encountering good at the moment, it's because God hasn't finished yet building an enlarged person in you. And and I'm not talking about just the, you know, the pandemic pudding. I'm not talking about the COVID cushioning. I have put some on. Thank you for not saying anything. Yes. (laughs) Haven't noticed. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I just just want to mention... um, that we only found out last Sunday that we were allowed to have, churches are now allowed to have 150 people indoors, but it depends on the size of your building. So we had to measure this space and then work out that we could fit 90 people in here. So we only found out that last Sunday and then we started sending out invitations once we worked out what was happening. Mm. And we know that for some of you it was very short notice 
because you only knew that you were invited on Wednesday to Thank be you. here today. Thank you for turning up. So, um, those of you who are at home, you will, you will receive an invitation in the next few weeks. So, get ready to receive an invitation to church and get ready to receive it with joy and with enthusiasm and so say, true. yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be yeah. there. Because um, yeah. isn't it great to be here, everyone? It is. It's so good to be here. And we actually had trouble getting 70 people here today because, you know, everyone's kind of got into the habit of doing church on the couch. Oh, here we go. But uh, I just want to read to you what Hebrews 10, Come on. 5 says. He's been the mummer of the house now. It says, this is not the time to pull away Ooh. and neglect meeting together as some have formed a habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together more frequently, eager to encourage and urge one another on even more as we see the day approaching. Oh, the day. So I know that we have got into the habit of being at home on the couch, and it wasn't a habit that we chose. It's a habit that has been Forced. put upon us. Yes. But now it's time to break that habit. Come on. Because now the doors are opening and we can start to gather again. So the Word of God says, don't neglect coming into the house. And now we can, so, let, so let's be enthusiastic and excited about coming into the house again. Yeah. So when you receive your invitation, don't just go, well, I'm pretty comfortable on the couch now. Why, why should I bother going to church because we need to encourage one another because you're not just coming for you you're coming Ooh, for yeah. someone else Come as on. well you're not just coming to receive you're coming to sow into yeah. the lives of others as well and we're called to do as Stephen said worship together oh, there's yeah. nothing like corporate worship I was loving that and we're called to do life together and, and not only that you you may be at home and and have just absolutely encountered the presence of God and, and it's been a unique experience where you've, you've actually haven't had to worry about who's around you. You, could have, you can sing at the top of your voice, at the top of your lungs, the top of, I don't know, what is it the top of? But you're there at that top and you're, you're loving this time and you're thinking, I don't need to go to church because I'm hearing from God, I'm encountering God, I'm loving this time at home. Can I just encourage you, if that's happening at home, how much more is it going to happen when we come together yeah. corporately? What's, yeah. What is God going to say not only to you, but through you? Yeah. I was reminded of, you know, when you read about um, Mary, Jesus didn't come from Mary. Like a lot of people think, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus and how blessed she was and everything like that. Jesus says, no, no, don't, don't actually count her as just being blessed. But Jesus didn't come from Mary. He came through Mary. He came through Mary. So there is some potential of heaven that God wants to release through you. Yeah. Regardless where you are, regardless of, um, you know, That's what the situation. I'm looking for which camera is on because we don't have it on the screen. You've done that on purpose, haven't worry you? worry about it. So tell me, Pastor Kylie, love of my life, joy of all joys. Yes. What do you want to share today? The title of our message today... <laughs> Who's laughing? <laughs> the title of our message today is Follow. Oh, I've even got that. Follow. Wow. Everyone say follow. Follow. Oh, I just love hearing your voices. <laughs> so good to get feedback. <laughs> Um, in, in Luke chapter 5, if you want to follow along, grab your Bible. Luke chapter 5, verse 11. 
So this is where Jesus approached James and John and Simon. And he, he said to them, um, pull up your boats. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Ooh. And then verse 11. So they pulled their boats up onto the shore. They left everything and they followed him. Wow. They left everything and they followed him. In that moment, they made a choice to follow and when you think about it, they were there with their workmates. They were there with their parents even, like their dads. Yeah, the sons of Zebedee were there with their dads. That was their whole lifestyle. That was yeah. everything. It wasn't just a, a job that they went to. It was their whole lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And they... So they were from generations of fishermen. Mm. So their, their father had a plan for their life. Their earthly father had a plan for their life that they would carry on the family business of being fishermen. But then Jesus came along and he intervened and interrupted and he said, I have a plan for you, that you will come and follow me. And they left all that. They left it. And they followed him. It's very specific. Luke has that there because Luke made sure that he got all the facts right. Luke wasn't around. He wasn't part of the discipleship or the apostleship. He, he found out later by going around to all of the apostles and all the witnesses that were there and got all the evidence that he could to collate. So it's important to, to notice that he put that in there because that was a reoccurring thing that came through, that they left everything mm. and followed Jesus. Mm. That's a pretty massive thing. Yeah. Because a boat wasn't just a... Like, it wasn't just a boat like we see today that's made, you know, an aluminium skiff that's been put together. These were handmade. They, were, they cost a lot of money. And these yeah. guys just left them, left that livelihood, left that income, left that possession that was worth so much. It was valuable. Yeah. And just followed Jesus. They saw more value in following Jesus than they did in continuing what they were doing. Yeah. Mm. So there, there was a price to be paid. Mm. And I guess the question for us is what are we willing to leave behind to be true followers? Come on. What do we need to leave behind us in order to lay down our lives and follow Jesus? Yeah. Because we just sang that song, I Surrender. Mm. I Surrender. I, I want to know you more. I want more of you in my life. And it's, it's one thing to say those words with our mouth. It's another thing to mean that in our heart. It's another thing to pursue that in our life, to be yeah. followers of Jesus, not just fans of Jesus. Yeah. Because Jesus had a lot of fans. He had a lot of people that gathered around him. Crowded around. The crowds him. flocked yeah. to him because they were curious, because they'd heard about this man that was performing miracles, and, and they wanted to see what he was doing. They wanted to see who he was. There were a lot of curious people in the crowd but he had more fans than he had genuine followers. That's true. And we're called to be followers, not just, not just fans, not just those that, that are on the outskirts looking in, not just curious, but, but to lay down our lives mm. and to actually follow him. So not just observers, but actually those that are obedient to that call yeah. to let go of something so that they can take it up. Because we've only got two hands. 
Yeah. And we, there's a lot of baggage that we can carry in life. Mm. And I don't know who this is for today, but you've got some baggage in your life that you need to let go of so that you can really embrace the Father, so that you can really embrace it. You think that you've, you, you know God and you think that you know Jesus well enough, but I want to tell you, if you let go of that baggage, that, those hurts, those concerns, those worries and frustrations in your life, and actually lay hold of Jesus, grab him with both arms and just wrap your arms around him, let go of that baggage, you're going to, you're going to be able to hear his heartbeat, you're going to be able to smell his breath. There's something intimate about that. I remember... Like my dog, every morning when I let him out, he comes up to me and he wants to smell my breath. I don't know why. He's a weird dog. But there's, there's something intimate about that. And, and dogs actually can tell if, you're, if there's something wrong with you by your breath. You know, they know if you're sick or if there's something. And he immediately smells my breath. But there's something about smelling the breath of the Father. There's something about being so close that you hear the heartbeat of God. So yeah. let go of those things. Don't, don't allow a frustration or a, a desire or something get in between you and God. Let go of it. Mm. Leave it behind so that you can truly follow. Mm. Yeah. You guys were talking about Zacchaeus last week. Yes. And or Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Uh, something Depends that, which side of France you came from. Something that Ash said has stuck with me. He said that Zacchaeus couldn't see past the crowd because he was short so he actually went ahead of the crowd mm. because he wanted an encounter with Jesus yeah and sometimes we we find ourselves in the crowd and the crowd are just there to observe the crowd you know, maybe there's some skeptics in the crowd the crowd are hanging back but if we actually want a face-to-face encounter with Jesus sometimes we have to push past the crowd Sometimes we have to get in front of the crowd because Circumvent we want to see Jesus yep. face to face. You know, um, maybe all our seating is different now, but maybe you're one of those people that usually sits right up the back of church. And maybe, you know, there's, there's distractions going on back there. There's people on their phones. There's people looking around. There's people on their watches. There's people, you know, and... And you're distracted back there because you're on the fringe. If you want an encounter with Jesus, maybe you're going to need to push through the crowd and come to the front and look at him face to face. Very good. Look at him face to face and say, Jesus, I'm not here to be entertained. I'm here for an encounter. I'm not here to observe who you are. I'm here here to encounter who you are. I want to climb up that tree and I want to see you and I want you to see me. I want you to see me and I want to see you. I want to look at you face to face. And sometimes we have to leave the crowd behind because the crowd are just just hanging out and we want more. We want more of Jesus. So we've got to push from the back to the front and get get in front of him. And that's what Zacchaeus did. He, he, he wanted to be a follower. He didn't just want to be a fan. He wanted to be a true follower of Jesus. And sometimes there's things that we need to lay down. In Matthew, it says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to take up your cross. Oh, yeah. And for, for us, our cross looks different for every single one of us. But what, what is it in your life that you need to take up and carry? In, in order to follow Jesus with your whole heart. I remember when, when I was about, oh, I just finished school and I went for a job 
It was a hairdressing apprenticeship, right? I was one of those school leavers that the world was my oyster and I didn't know what I wanted to do. There were so many exciting opportunities. So one day I was going to be a photographer. The next day I was going to be a hairdresser. The next day a vet. day after that I was going to be a vet, graphic designer, you name it. This day I was going to be a hairdresser. So I went for a hairdressing apprenticeship job and they, they gave me work experience. They said, come and, come and um, work with us for a week. You can decide whether you like it. We'll decide whether we like you. So um, I went and I worked there in that place for a week. After that week, they sat me down and they said, you did really well. We'd love to offer you the position. But we noticed that you come from a, a Christian school. So we want to know in this workplace, are you going to share your faith with people that come in here? And I said, I'm not going to preach at every person that walks in the door, but if, if they engage in conversation with me and they want to know what I believe, I'm going to tell them what I believe. I'm going to be honest with them. And they said, well, then we can't give you the job. But that's okay because that's a price that I had to pay in order to be an authentic follower of Jesus because I wasn't going to work in that place. And people asked me about what I believe and and I wasn't going to lie about who I am. And it was okay because God had a better plan for me. That wasn't where I was meant to be. But, Mm. you know, that's just an example of a price that that we pay to be an authentic follower of Jesus. Mm. We've got to lay down our popularity sometimes. We've got to lay, lay down our desire to be approved of yeah, and say, no, this is what I stand for. This is who I am. To the bone, this is who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. Mm. And I'm not going to not be that for anyone. Mm. It's interesting in Matthew where you, you just spoke out of um, chapter 9, 23. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple. That word disciple actually means whoever wants to mimic my behavior. Mm. Yeah. Whoever wants to mimic my behavior, whoever wants to carry the atmosphere that I carry, whoever wants to be like me, Jesus said, mm. then they must first, and it's interesting, deny themselves. Yeah. yeah. You must, it, it, it can't be about Jesus, I'm coming to you and you better do this for me. No, no, no. It's got to be Jesus, I come to you and everything in my life up till this point, and most of us won't get this until we get it. It's like a lot of things in life. You, you don't understand. Um, like we're, for those that walked in here this morning, you may look up, you may not have looked up, but we've ripped a ceiling out, we've ripped walls out of the foyer. And um, when we were doing that and putting the new top hat in to, to put the ceiling in, I said to the guys, this has to be run at 400 mil centres. Got to make sure they're specifically on 400 mil. And these guys said, yeah, yeah, no worries. And we, and we put them up at, and they were looking at them going, that's got to be 400 mil. You know, that's pretty close to 400 mil. Does that look like 400 mil to you? Of course it does. And we, we did it. But then when it come to the point where we put the 1,200 mil panels up there, which then would meet perfectly in the centre of the top hat, we were 100 mil out. We were like so far out and they didn't understand, we, you don't understand the importance of making sure that it's accurate, 
making sure that why you have to do something until you get to the point later on where it makes sense. Oh, that's why it's so important to have this measurement right. And, and with Jesus, we don't understand why he says first, you must deny yourself. We would say, but wait a minute, aren't I valuable? Uh, don't I have something valuable to bring? Aren't I worthy enough to, to have something of me? To, yeah, but first we must strip that away. Because we have so many hurts, we have so much um, impact from sin and greed and all the things forced on us and also that come out of us. It's interesting with a child, you, you never have to, I was talking to someone during the week and I said, isn't it amazing, because he was explaining how his daughter um, is learning to say no a lot, she's three years old and and. I said, isn't it amazing you don't have, ever have to tell a child how to, or instruct them how to be naughty? I never did. You know, no one ever had to teach me how to say no or to be naughty. It just was a natural part of the sin nature that we're born into. And the reason that we have to leave this behind, leave everything behind and deny ourselves, is because we have so much impact on our lives, that if we don't just say, Jesus, I want all of you, I'm going to surrender all of me so that I can have all of you, and we don't get it until later on when the things line up in our life and we go, ah, that's why. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So when Jesus says, first, you've got to deny yourself, that's not denying who the true, your true self is. That's not denying all these things. And especially in this day and age when we're told, just be whoever you want to be. No, that's not exactly it. You need to be who God's made you to be. And the falseness and the, the fallacies and the absolute lies that are going around of what humankind is actually like, that isn't anywhere near the potential. We're going to this benchmark that's not even registering on the scale when God says, no, no, I have so much for you. I've got so, and, and until we get it, we don't get it. So he says, you first you've got to deny yourself, then take up your cross daily. What does, does has anyone picked up their cross today? No, I, I left mine at home. What does that mean? Take up your cross daily. It actually means something that in your life represents death to you. So it is actually something that represents sacrificing your life on. Now, there's a, there's a scripture that says, and I, I have to remember this all the time, it says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and died for it. So men, husbands... Our job in life is to die continually to our desires, die continually to our attitudes, die continually to our opinions in life and love our wife because there's so much stuff that's going to arise that's going to try and cut us off the opinions, the attitudes, the desires that are going to say, but I need this from you, I want this for you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But no, no, we're meant to actually die. And now daily, my marriage is one of dying to my plans, my desires. And it's not just so that Kylie can have her way, it's so God can have his way through me, so that I can represent God the Father to my beautiful wife. I haven't always done that. I have failed miserably in that. 
Some people don't even know. Kylie doesn't even know sometimes how miserably I have failed in that. But my endeavor is always to remind myself, take up that cross, Stephen. And it's not remembering that death. It's remembering the life that comes through that death. Because Jesus, some people wear a cross because they think that there's power in that cross. There's not. But that is a representation of the resurrection life of Jesus, that Zoe life of Jesus, that Um, resurrection life that now God raised Jesus from the dead and he's done that for each one of us. We're not bound by the earthly death that this planet's going to endure. We are now seated with God in the eternal, in in the righteous realm of God. So he is saying, if you want to model me, if you want to behave like I behave, if you want to be me on this earth, first you've got to deny yourself. You've got to just say, there's nothing good in me. And, and even if you think there is something good in you, it's not. The only good that's in you, in me, is from God. If there is any good in mankind, that is a representation of who God is. It's not because of mankind, because all mankind has is the lust of the eyes, lust of the fresh flesh, and the pride of life. This is not from God. These are all things that we covet and we do in our own life. And do you know what it brings about? Just fights. It brings about fights and greed and just us pushing our own desires onto others. But Jesus came to do good to all. And if we want to model that that same behavior, model that same um, attitude, and not only that, but carry the authority and have an open heaven, the authority of God here on earth, we get to do that through the name of Jesus. Lay down your life, take up your cross, And whoever wants to save their life first needs to lose it. But whoever loses their life on Jesus' account will save their life. That's what Jesus said. So it's a powerful thing to do. And you might not get the fullness of what that means, but I believe one day that top hat will line up with the full measurement of that particle board, that plywood, so that you're going to be able to see it in your life and go, that's why. Right there, that's why. I love it when it makes sense. Yeah. But I love it even when it doesn't, when I've got to step out in faith and just trust, God, you've got this. Yeah. God, Father, you've got this. Mm -hmm. Even though I think that there's only bad at the moment, God, you're able to make all things work together for good. Yeah. For those that are in Christ. So if you're going through a bad time at the moment, if you're surrounded by nothing but negativity, I want to speak over your life. God has good plans for you. Mm -hmm. There is nothing but good plans for you in God. Yeah. Amen. I Amen. applaud that, Stephen. That's a great That's word so right true. there. So the, the dedicated followers of Jesus in the Bible, what were they called? Disciples. Yeah. I'm, oh, sorry. I, I'm interacting with the crowd because it's so much fun to have people here. So the dedicated disciples of Jesus were called disciples. And the, the word disciple, it comes from the Latin disciples. And that means learner. So if you're a disciple of Jesus, you're a learner. Ooh. We, never, we never stop learning in our journey as a disciple. As so a you're not girl. a know-it-all. You're not a know-it-all. Oh, you're you a ha- learner. You haven't arrived yet. You're a teach- you're teachable. You're learning. Mm. So, so what, what is Jesus teaching you this week? What, what are you learning from leaning into him Ooh, right now? That's good. What are you learning right now? You know, it's, 
as Stephen said, it's, it's been a tough season and we haven't had that mutual encouragement like we normally do. But Paul, Paul said to the Philippians, you know, I'm going to have to leave you for a while. Yeah. This is in Philippians chapter two. two. He says, I'm, I'm going to have to take off for a while, but, but you guys in my absence need to continue to work out your own salvation. Ooh. So, you know, when, even when we can't all meet together and when we don't know whether you're tuning in or not, we don't know, you know, usually we can get up here and we know who's at church and we know who's been away for a while and we can follow you up and say, hey, we haven't seen you for a while. Are you okay? And, you know, I think there's good and bad about the whole system of follow-up in church We've created this culture where if you disappear for a while, we'll chase you. We, we do that because we care for you and we need to do that for new Christians. But we can become very dependent on being followed up, on being chased to follow Jesus. No one's chased me. But we need to work out our own salvation. And we need Come to commit on. to being followers yeah. and not just being followed up. You know, we need to commit, like, like Zacchaeus did, to position ourselves in yeah. front of Jesus. I'm going to put myself there. You know, we used to sing this song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And if none go with me, I'm still going to follow. Mm. I'm still going to follow. If the pastor doesn't chase me up, if my life group leader doesn't call me this week, I'm still going to follow Jesus because I've decided to be a disciple. I've decided to follow Jesus and I'm not going back. I'm not going back to my old life. I'm not going back to my old ways. So yes, we will follow you up, but please also take responsibility to be a follower of Jesus. Mm. Make, that who you, make that decision, that's who I am. That's who I am from now until the day I die. Wow. Johnny, what did you put in that latte? She's really fired up at the moment. <laughs> I've had two coffees this morning. <laughs> Jesus said in John, he said, I'm the true vine. Mm. Um, and my father is the gardener. And it goes on to, to say that if we remain in him and, and he remains in us, and it's talking about if his word, if we allow his word to remain in us and we remain in him, then we will produce good fruit. Producing good fruit is actually what God wants for each one of us. Mm. Producing good fruit in our life. Because yeah. um, it, it talks about, you know, Jesus used the example of telling stories that, you know, there was a master who gave all these different, um, he gave talents, he gave meaners, he gave different things to his servants, and then he wanted them to do something with it. But the one who did nothing with it ended up getting what he had taken off him. And, and it's not very, you know, God's not a communist. He doesn't then share it out amongst everybody. He gives it to the one who has the most. To us, that doesn't make sense. We go, that's not fair. Jesus, that's not fair that the one that had the least amount because he was scared and didn't do something with it, it's not just because he was afraid. It was because he was actually embittered and said, God, he said to the master, you reap where you don't sow and you harvest where you don't scatter seed. And, and he was actually being quite indignant saying, I'm not going to produce good fruit with my life. I choose not to. 
And, and going back to what Kylie was just saying, you know, if no one chases me up, then I'm, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm going to have a hissy fit. I'm, I'm going to, that church, they say that they're followers of Jesus and they don't even follow me up. Please, work out your own salvation. We're all here. We're not here as enforcers of the salvation of Jesus. We're here as receivers of the message yes. of salvation of Jesus. Yeah. None of us are authorities on it. We all want to share this with somebody else, not because we're authorities, but because we're disciples. We're all still learning how to do this. And, oh, I'm so glad that we continue to learn. Yeah. But it's not that the, the funny thing about vines is that we think that it's the branches that produce fruit. No, it's not. It's actually the vine that designates whether the branches produce fruit or not. And those vines have to remain connected. They've got to have a really good connection to the rootstock. And I want to implore you at the moment, don't become disconnected. There are so many things that can disconnect us, that can stop that, that flow of sap, that can stop the, the spiritual flow of nutrients and sap and, and refreshing from the, from the source. Don't allow it. Don't allow it to do that because there's disappointments in life that can shut us off and and we can be justified in our disappointments. But you know what happens? We just remain in that disappointment. We don't end up ever getting to that point where we produce good fruit. And Jesus um, telling the heart of the Father is when we produce good fruit, he says, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little, and all it takes is a little bit of faith. It only takes a little bit of activation of that faith. You don't have to be a mighty warrior in, in faith thinking, well, I'm not slaying any demons. I'm not you know, raising any dead people. I'm not doing... No, no, no. Do not um, compare yourself with somebody else. Please, we've learned something from the Word of God, and it's don't compare You have something viable to bring. You have something of the eternal within you. You have an aspect of the Father that is in you that he wants to show the rest of humanity how good he is. With me, he's showing the world how he can use an idiot to actually do something. Don't call yourself. She says this to me all the time. Don't call yourself that. But me and I know (laughs) who I am. And I'm not saying that to belittle myself. I know how much God has done in my life. I am so grateful that he has taken an absolute moron of a person and he's filled me with his spirit so much so that I can be an encouragement even on a small aspect to other people. I love that. Remain in me and allow my word to remain in you and you will produce good fruit. Don't think that you don't have good fruit in your life because those buds could just be ready to burst right at the moment. Don't think that you're not seeing it because springtime is coming. Well, at the moment, it felt like summer yesterday, didn't it? It's 40. I got in my car yesterday and it it was trying to tell me it was 48 and I called it a filthy liar. (laughs) Oh, I didn't want it to be felt like 48 in the car. yeah. Yeah, sorry, got off track there. That coffee kicked in with me as well, Johnny. Thank you. But the aim, the aim is growth, isn't it? It is. We're being transformed into, oh, his, yeah. into his likeness. And that, that is a process. That is a daily process that we start to look more like Jesus every day. And that, that means maturity. And Paul says in Corinthians that he says to the Corinthian church, I gave you milk when you were young, mm. but now... 
now I want to give you some meat, but I, do, I don't think you're ready yet. Wow. And, you know, I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit brings meat to our table and we send it back to the kitchen because we're like, that's not what I ordered. I ordered milk. I want something to pacify me and I want something that I don't have to chew and I want <laughs> something that I don't have to digest. And <laughs> the Holy Spirit's saying, but you're not a baby anymore. Yeah. Come on, you're not a one-year-old Christian yeah. anymore. You're not a two-year-old Christian anymore. You're a 10-year-old Christian. I'm going to bring you some meat. It's time yeah. for meat. Or you're a five-year-old Christian, you know. And, and if you're vegetarian... He's bringing you, I don't know, butternut <laughs> or, uh, or some sweet potato. <laughs> yeah. Something with skin on it you have to chew. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the aim is growth. The aim is growth and maturity. It is. To look more like Jesus. All the way. Yeah. I, I was, last week we were talking about Zacchaeus and, and talking about how um, the crowd, you might think, but I, in the crowd, I, God's not noticing me. He's got so much else going on because COVID. He must be just run off his feet with COVID and the prayers of COVID at the moment. No, he's not. The crowd does not distract God. Um, so many times when it talks about the crowd in Scripture, it's not speaking kindly of the crowd. The crowd is a total distraction. We as humans think, well, if there's more people, then that means there's more influence and that means that there's going to be a better outcome. So many times when it talks about the crowd in Scripture, it's talking about the detriment of being in the crowd. It's talking about how the crowd is actually a distraction. But Jesus sees straight through the crowd. He's walking through the crowd. Everyone's pressing against him. And one woman's crying out for healing for 12 years and she touches Jesus with the faith believing that if I just get close enough to touch his clothes, not even touch his skin, just touch his clothes, I'm going to get healed. And Jesus is walking through the crowd. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I've got my microphone here. He's walking through the crowd. And then he says, who touched me? And his disciples go, Jesus, come on. There's so many people here. We don't know. Everyone's present. He goes, no, 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 no. Somebody implied healing here and they touched me because I felt that virtue leave my body. He's in the crowd and he looks up into a tree. He could have seen the whole crowd. You and I would have had the expectation of the crowd and they're all there and all that. Did they bring bread this time? Which is the kid that's got the fish and the loaves? You know, what's going on? Have they eaten? And but Jesus looks up in a tree and not just notices a guy, but calls him by name calls him by name. Yeah. You might think, oh, there's so much going on in this world and I've been shut away in my own little home and I've, I haven't had the connection with people. I can tell you now, God is calling your name. He's calling your name yeah. because he's not distracted. Yeah. He's not distracted by people that are, oh, this is going to happen and it's only going to get worse and getting, is being busted and it's only going to get worse saying at the moment. Because everything they say is sensational. I've stopped watching the news. It's just getting angry. And more angry, aging against the machine. And my family's going, what's wrong with your age? Just let me... And I realized that's... Me. I'm called to be an officer of peace, to be a projector of faith in my community. Whoa. Not a, not a, a juggler of, of life and have an answer for that. My answer is, God's got this. My answer is, doesn't matter what's, what the world says at the moment, God can turn this around. Because believe it or not, we've been here before. 
You might say, we've never had a COVID-19 before. No, because 19 just represents the year that they discovered that, that virus, that it came out and, and hit. So whatever you think it might be that God can't do, I'm telling you, God can absolutely shift it around. Your finances mightn't look good at the moment. God can shift it around. Yes. God can shift it around. Your relationships might not look so flash at the moment. God can shift it around. Yeah. Your health may not look so flash at the moment. God is shifting that around in yeah. Jesus' name. We're believing for people in our church right at the moment. We, believe, we prayed for him last week. We're believing for Michael for an absolute transformation in his body where the world makes a proclamation. I'm telling you now, Jesus has already won the victory yeah. for us. Yeah. Oh, and he's bringing about a change. So the, what I wanted to, what have we got? We've got two minutes left. That's enough time me to tell a 10-minute story. In Matthew 12, please look this up at home. This is when Jesus heals a man with a withered hand, okay? And, and the Pharisees and the, the scribes are all following him. It's amazing how much the scribes want to tell you what's right and wrong in the world. What the scribes... Are t- Do you know what the scribes did? They interpreted the scrolls. How many of us are interpreting the scrolls at the moment, mm. <laughs> scrolling through stuff in life, yeah. and we're just interpreting what, what the scrolls are telling us. Yeah. If, you are, if your only um, benchmark is getting what social media says or what the news is saying, then your mental health is at the, at the behest of idiots. Mm. Your mental health is going to be governed by people whose emotions are out of control. Don't do that. Go to what the Word of God says, because it's eternal. That scroll will change in 30 seconds' time. They they tell you that you can't eat eggs because if you eat eggs, this was during the week, you increase your your, um, chances of getting diabetes. So I started eating more eggs just to prove them wrong. (laughs) So Jesus, in Matthew 12, he says, whoever is not with me is against me. Make sure you're with him. Make sure you're with him. Don't be against him because what he means by that is that he's not against you, but you'll be against him. You'll oppose it when he says something good about you. You'll oppose it when there's a promise from God that you can lay hold of. We're going to have communion in a minute. And this the, the wine here, the, the juice represents the cup of the new covenant. A new promise from God the Father that we can easily come into his presence. There's so much that wants to cut us off from the presence of God, but this is a promise from God saying we can come boldly into his presence because of this new promise. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. If you're not mindful of what Jesus is doing and requiring of you, you will actually become a scatterer in your life and not a gatherer in your life. So these guys came in and they started saying, he's casting out demons, but he's doing it from the authority of Satan. He's doing it by the authority of Beelzebul or Beelzebub depending on which side of France you come from. So thus saying, the scroll interpreters were saying, he's doing this through the earth. Even Jesus' mother, and he, to say, you've got an evil spirit, Jesus, because you're doing something. And Jesus, knowing, says, every sin will be forgiven, man. Every sin, man. And every slanderous word. Aren't you glad? He says, slanderous word. There's a lot of people on Facebook at the moment that should count themselves lucky that God says, all your comment, all your erroneous words, all your slanderous words will be forgiven you. 
It says even those that speak against Jesus, against the Messiah, against the Christ, even their sins will be forgiven. But it says here, anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit, and he's giving us an idea of what the what they were doing. They were saying the good that you're doing is actually from evil. It's not from good, it's from evil. And he says, the only thing that won't be forgiven is that anyone who speaks against the authority, the nature, the character, or blasphemes the Holy Spirit, that will not be forgiven. And he, he goes on, on to say, um, I've just lost my, my train of thought, but he goes on to say, because I haven't got it written here, um, he says, Satan understands this. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. He can't fight against himself because if he does, he will destroy his house. A house divided will destroy itself. So even the kingdom of darkness knows that it must be in unity. Sadly, though, this is one truth that the body of Christ has not laid hold of yet. We speak badly against each other. We slander one another. We say, oh, well, that church is doing this and oh, and that church shouldn't be doing that. We haven't got it yet that if we're speaking division, we aren't of our Father. We are actually doing the works of darkness if we're speaking words of division. So I want to tell you, if you want to model Jesus, speak unifying words. And don't focus on the things that divide us. Focus on the things that actually gather us together. Jesus said, if you're not gathering with me, then you're scattering. So actually speak of the things that that unite us, not on the things that separate us. I hope you grab that today. That is an incredible truth from the Word of God, that if we're not in unity, we're, we're actually missing the point of why Jesus came. He came that we would be unified. He even prayed that. He said, Father, may they be one just as you and I are one. That's our prayer today as well. Sorry, have you got something to add before we... Oh, you're ready. On your tables, guys, and please at home, if you grab some communion emblems, we've got our, our new little cups. Just tear off the top one, which is the clear plastic one. Took me a while to work this out. I sprayed myself with juice about five times before I finally got it right. Point from you. Yeah, point it away <laughs> from you. Don't point it towards you like I just did. Oh, hallelujah. I am so glad that Jesus... Amen. Are you glad? Oh, yeah. And not only that, I am glad that He counted it all to endure the shame of the cross. He counted it all joy so He can stand in victory. Yes. And on the night, He took the bread and He broke it, giving thanks... And he said, eat remembrance of me. Eat this in remembrance of me. His body was broken so that we can be unified. His body was broken so that we can be whole. That word whole is sozo, saved, complete, whole, body, soul, spirit, mind, all, all together. And then in the same way after they'd eaten, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Drink this in remembrance of me. Now, Paul added something extra in Corinthians. And he said, when we eat and drink, we do so proclaiming. This is a proclamation now of everything that Jesus achieved for us. Everything that Jesus fought for and died for and lived for has now been accomplished. He's resurrected. 
He's ascended to heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And do you know who else sits there? Us. We are seated with him in the heavenly realms through Christ Jesus. Oh, let's give thanks today as we're... Thanks. Thanks today for what Jesus has done. Do you want to give thanks for the the bread and the cup? Mm. I've talked enough. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the example that you set for us in laying down your life. You you laid down your life so that we wouldn't have to hang back, so that we wouldn't have to be fringe dwellers or on the outside anymore, but you laid down your life to bring us into the family of God. Yes. You laid down your life so that we could be friends, sons and daughters, so that we could be followers. Yes. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you've done for us, that we can come boldly into your presence, that we can come and stand right beside you and walk beside you. Jesus, teach us to abide in you. Mm. Teach us your ways. Live in your fullness. We do want to know you more. We do want to know you more, Jesus. We do want to know you more, Jesus. Oh, we proclaim everything that you've achieved on our behalf. The victory that you have wrought on our behalf, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken. Thank you by your stripes we are healed. Thank you for the promises that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That there's greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That God is for us. Therefore, who can be against us? Thank you for your promises, Father. Thank you for the cup that we get to remember Jesus, but also proclaim everything that he's done for us. We do this now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, you, Jesus. Mm. Holy Spirit, thank you for your comfort, your counsel. You're our standby. You're our advocate. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you are such a good God. You only have goodness in store for us. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Come on, guys, let's give thanks. Thank you, Father. Oh, you're so good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are such an abundant God. Mm. And just as we're here right now, if you're maybe you're away from Jesus at the moment, maybe you're away from God at the moment. I just want to encourage you. It's so easy to just hand your life back over into his hands and just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. If you just remind and just say to him, I want to follow you. Today, I'll make a stand. Write it in your Bible. Write it on the fridge. You know, with permanent texture, not with whiteboard texture. Write it with permanent. Even if it is a stainless steel double door, you know, ice dispelling fridge, write it with permanent and say, today, I chose to follow Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's not something mystical or anything like that. It's an application of our will that we can just say, Jesus, I follow you. Right now, Father, we thank you for your blessing on those that are, that are tuned in. 
via live stream. We speak blessing over them and over each one of our brothers and sisters that are with, here to, with us here today. Father, we speak blessing. May you cause your face to shine upon them. May you be with them in their getting up and their laying down. May as they go out and as they come in, wherever they go, wherever they travel, we speak favour, prosperity. Father, level paths for their feet. We speak prosperity, blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the God of heaven. Amen. 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 Have an awesome week, guys. Can't wait to see you. Have an awesome week, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about services or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au. 